Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by The Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer. All right, well, good morning and good morning again, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and the motherly um, that are in the building or who are watching us virtually uh, live or in rebroadcast. We thank God for you um, and all that you have done and that you're doing uh, in the lives of others. Amen. So that we can all be better. All right, let us turn our hearts and minds to God in prayer. We're thankful, first of all, that we have a God that we can pray to and a God that does hear us and respond to us, cares about us, sees us, our situations, knows what we're facing. So God, we just come to you right now before we all ask for anything. God, we just want to say thank you. Uh, We want to say thank you so much for all that you have already done, the ways you've kept us and the ways that you've made. Uh, We didn't keep ourselves, God. We did not provide for ourselves. You did that. You gave us the strength and the energy and the resources uh, to do those things. And so we just want to say thank you so much. We thank you for um, all of the different women um, down through the years, God, who have kept us alive, God, who have have, uh, pushed us. Um, not only into the world, but God, through this world and all of the mess that comes along with being uh, down here on this earth. And so, God, they didn't have to necessarily be our, our biological uh, mothers, but those those individuals as well. But, but those who just helped us along the way, they saw us and they cared enough about us today, including... Uh, those, those those dear nieces and nephews that uh, Sister Pam is concerned about. She cares about them. She's concerned about their, them greatly, um, what they're going through and what they're facing. And so um, that's the motherly uh, part of her that, that cares and, uh, enough to bring them to you and petition you uh, to do something on their behalf. And so God, we lift them up uh, one by one, God, uh, up to you that you would uh, see their situations and uh, put your arms of protection around them and and, and, and uh, provide a guiding light to them, God, so that they can uh, to live for you and know you truly, God, and, and anything that they're dealing with, facing temptations or otherwise, God, that you would um, reveal yourself to them in those situations. God, we have some other hard decisions that we need to make right now. We don't want to make those decisions without you. And so, God, we're just asking for you to lead us, guide us, and uh, direct us in the ways that we should go. Um, give us the desires of our heart that, that will go along with your will um, and so that we can be pleasing to you, God, even in, in the decisions that we make. We want to. We don't want to have to pray about the bad decision that we made after the fact. We want to pray and that you would give us um, the sense enough to make a good decision. And sometimes we don't make decisions alone. We make them in concert with others. So, God, we just pray for uh, coordination uh, uh, of those uh, minds and wills and hearts uh, that are going to be involved in the decision-making process that they can get on board and, and get on the same uh, get on the same accord so that they would be able to make uh, sound and wise decisions as a unit uh, because those decisions don't sound like they're going to just affect one person. There's other people who are going to be affected by whatever decision is made. God, we, we intervene on those who are, are dealing with some health crises in their lives, God, right now. Um, you heard the names Mr. Haley and um, Brother Joe's brother, God, we just ask for you to be with them in a special way, be with their medical treatment team, God. Uh, We know that they treat, but you heal. So God, we're asking for you to give them not only um, great treatment, 
But God, we're just asking for you to come alongside and do the healing work that only you can do. And so, God, we just thank you so much for um, the lives that they've lived up to this point and the way that you've provided for them up until this point. But God, we're, we're asking you to reveal yourself one more time. Maybe they've never known you as a healer. Well, God, this is the perfect time and opportunity for them to get to know you as a healer. Um, and, and if they've known you before as a healer, God, let, let them let them be reminded, hey, I can still do it. I can heal you again. I know I did it before many years ago, but here I am again to heal you one more time. So, God, we just ask for you to do that uh, uh, for those individuals who are in desperate need uh, right now, God. We just ask for you to also comfort the hearts. We know that this time of year, uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day, these days of uh, special uh, significance for some, but for some of us, it can be a very hard day. I've been watching my Facebook post of a lot of my close friends and family members who are really struggling right now, today. Um, they, they're really struggling with the fact that today is Mother's Day and maybe their mother isn't here or maybe their son or daughter um, is no longer here in the earth. And so God, they are really struggling. So we just ask for you to allow those of us who are still here to, to love on them and hug on them a little bit uh, harder and longer today that they would uh, feel the love and, and, and know that, they, that they're not forgotten in their pain even right where they are right now. So God, we just ask for you to give us all the heart and the mind uh, to do that. Um, just thank you, God, for all that you're going to do with us, for us, and through us on today, God. We haven't continued, we haven't stopped crying out for what's going on in in, in the Ukraine uh, region of the world, God. We, we're still petitioning you and crying out to you on behalf of those individuals over there, saved and unsaved, God. We need you to do something in that part of the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Our scripture reading today is found in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verses 23 and 27. Um, we're looking at the NIV version and it reads as follows. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's eating. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger, he per, uh, persevered because he saw him who is invisible. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. I want to speak today um, from the subject of the title of the song we opened with, Faith of Our Mothers. Amen. I want to speak from the subject, Faith of Our Mothers. You know, I always give you a little background about the text and so uh, while while many attribute this letter to the apostle paul i often remind you when i preach from this letter we don't know who wrote it paul was not a shy guy so easily when he wrote something he would just tell you right up front hey this is paul writing um and so it, it, that's not here in this in this letter anywhere so we don't know but some of the writing styles seem to be similar to what paul uh, would write and talk about it. So that's why a lot of people uh, think that's who wrote it. Um, but we don't know, just keep that in mind. The letter was written primarily to uh, people of a Jewish background. 
So these Hebrews had heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ that was preached to them by the apostles uh, during the early days of the Christian church. And they had witnessed uh, many of the mighty miracles of the Holy Spirit, which confirmed the message of Jesus Christ. So these were believers. These were early believers, uh, first century uh, believers at the time. Um, they believed what, what had been preached and passed down to them by the apostles about Jesus. Um, but the, the, the writer of the letter of, uh, to the Hebrews wanted to remind believers then and now about at least three different things, about the eternal privileges and blessings that belong to us through Christ Jesus. Amen. There are certain things that we've, we've been talking about in the last few weeks, that inheritance that we have uh, of hope in Jesus Christ. And so he wanted to remind them about this, uh, these privileges and blessings that come to us and belong to us because of Jesus Christ. Number two, uh, the writer wanted to uh, encourage uh, believers to, uh, to remain encouraged, uh, to endure despite the opposition and the difficulties that they were facing. So uh, then and now, you know, we talked about that during church school is that, you know, once you become a believer and, and uh, profess your faith in, uh, faith in Jesus Christ and start living for Jesus, that's when the heat get turns up on you and, and things seem to start going your way. You face all kinds of opposition and difficulty in your life, even as a believer, right? If somebody, if somebody told you it was going to be easier once you accepted Christ, they lied to you, all right? And so, uh, and oftentimes it got harder, right? Things got a little bit more difficult. Uh, thirdly, um, throughout this letter, all professing believers are warned against reverting uh, back to some empty ceremonial type of religion, right? You know, that, that empty religion um, that, that we see some people live and act out. They were doing the same thing back then. And, he's, and it's especially warning you about doing that after you've already tasted and seen that the Lord is good, right? You've already started a relationship and fellowship uh, with Jesus Christ. Why would you turn back? What back there could be so compelling that you would leave your faith journey with Jesus? And so what follows uh, this particular passage of scripture is an appeal to always hope in Jesus Christ, always keep your hope grounded in Jesus Christ. That's what follows uh, Hebrews 11, starting in chapter 12. That's where I was planning to preach from when we were going to do our Black History uh, uh, celebration, which we still got to get back on the docket because um, I've already written that sermon. I know we have some great things planned for that day, so we still want to get that on the books here soon, maybe in June. Maybe we can try to do that tied in with Juneteenth or something like that. So let's talk about that. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is commonly referred to as the faith chapter, amen? And so uh, in it, the writer deals with the vision and endurance of faith. The chapter is essentially a tribute to the hall of fame uh, of faith leaders from the Old Testament, okay? So if you go back and read, uh, from the very beginning of chapter 11, you see all of these hallmarks of faith uh, uh, being listed right there uh, uh, in, in that particular chapter. The story that's being retold, though, here, starting at verse 23, it actually finds its origin in Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So in your own time, go back and read that uh, Exodus 2, chapter, uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. In that passage, you'll notice when you read it that the men are absently 
just they're just missing. Like you know, they're noticeably absent. You know, Moses's father, he's in chapter, he's in verse one, but then he seems to disappear from the story after verse one. Or the men are passively present. I'm speaking uh, specifically about Moses, the baby, uh, in chapter two, starting at verse six. All we see is he cries. Moses cries. Uh, we next told that he grows up in, in, in verse ten, and then other than that, the um. He's basically just the object of the actions of the women. So, you know, the women we see in that passage are his mother biologically. We see his sister who's watching uh, and intervening on his behalf from a distance. And, and then we see the, the, uh, the Pharaoh's daughter uh, who takes him in and raises him as her own son. And so it's really a, a woman's story insofar as it's the actions of the women that determine the, act, the, the, the way the story plays out. And so I encourage you again to go back and read that, uh, that, that chapter this week during your own devotion time. It is, but what we, what we find when we read uh, here in Hebrews chapter 11 about Moses is that this is really a story about the faith of his parents, um, especially his mother, and not so much of Moses himself. That is, that's what's really on display in the text that we have before us today in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, as the mother, as she looked at this beautiful baby boy, we're told that she realized that he was not an ordinary baby. I think most parents would say that, right? That this, this one is special, this child, even if they have 10 kids, you know, they don't usually say you're the ordinary one, you know, once they're born. I think I don't I've never heard that. Maybe they do. But uh, but she looked at this baby boy and she said, there's something special about this. You know, this child, he's not ordinary. She was certain that this bundle of joy was going to be a child of destiny, uh, one whom God had marked out for a special purpose, a special work to be completed in the earth. And so her faith in God, uh, 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 that, that her faith in God, that God's purposes would be worked out, gave her the courage to defy the king's command, which was to kill all the newborn babies, right? That's what the, that's what the king had ordered. She chooses instead to hide the child, all right, for three months, she hid that baby as long as she could. She protected that baby. She fed the baby. She did everything that a, a good mother would do for that child. And I mean, we even have to back up even before her because there were midwives who helped her to birth this child who participated. They, they, they participated in the cover up, right, of, of this baby, if you will, because the edict was to kill all male babies that were born at that time. That's what was supposed to happen. So even they had a role in defying what had been put out there by the king. They wanted to do what they felt God was telling them to do in that moment. And so not to take anything away from Moses, that's not what we're trying to do, but uh, because we know that he did some great and, and mighty works through God, for God, um, but we cannot forget the faith of his mother, right? For it is the actions of this woman who propelled, who was propelled by her faith that's what allowed us to have uh, the benefit of a man like Moses, right? That's how the children of, e of, Israel, of Egypt, of Israel, I'm sorry, were able to profit from Moses because of, of his mother. And so uh, in honor of her on Mother's Day, let's consider some, some major points uh, from her faith journey. Uh, her name was uh, Jochebed, um, uh, and, and she was somebody who trusted in God 
even when it seemed totally hopeless. Amen. She just uh, she just chose to believe God, even though it seemed like all hope was, was lost because of what was going on and what she was expected to do as it related to this child that she was about to give birth to. Um, and so she created this basket, right? And, and remember, as she created that basket, she had faith enough in God to put her son in the basket and to place him in the water, right? Into the river. That's what she did. Um, faith allowed her not only to, to place her son into the basket uh, um, that she had built for him, but it also gave her the faith uh, to take her hands off the basket. Amen. Because you can build the basket and place the basket in it, but it was a whole nother level to to release that basket and take her hands off of it and turn her back and walk back home. You, you know, that had to be really hard on her to, to actually follow through and to do that thing. Uh, but she did it uh, because of her strong faith in God. And in so doing, that's what she, she demonstrated, complete faith and trust. God, I don't know how this thing is going to work out. I don't know the outcome, but I'm trusting you with my son's life. That's why I'm putting him here and leaving him here. I'm not exposing him to the elements to die. I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. I, I, I'm just trying to build this arc of safety so that you can intervene. I'm demonstrating my faith by taking my hands off of the, off the situation. And so as we know throughout the Bible and, and even our own faith journey that our God loves to respond to our faith, right? We, we see uh, God throughout the Bible responding to people's faith, amen? Uh, and so that's what happens here. God rewards her faith by allowing her to raise her son through his nursing years, amen? If you remember her, the sister, she uh, once, the, once the princess finds the baby, she's like, well, I need to get somebody to, to take care of him and to, to, to nurse the baby. And, and so his sister, who's standing on the sideline, she intervenes and says, I know of a woman. I know somebody that can help you, a Hebrew woman that, that, that can help you with this. And so she takes the baby back to her mother, uh, uh, to her mother, his mother, and, and she's allowed to raise the baby and to, through his nursing years. And so how, how much uh, joy and peace that must have brought to her spirit to at least have the baby back uh, during that time. And, and it also says over in Exodus that, that she basically received some, some financial support to do that. Right. So she was provided with uh, the means to take care of him financially uh, through the kingdom uh, uh, while she was raising her own son. And so uh, uh, she may have even been allowed to see Moses as he was growing up throughout the years, uh, even beyond his nursing uh, days. But how different it might have gone had she tried to manipulate the outcome herself. What if she tried to do it her own way and, and, and decide to, you know, uh, just kept, maybe she would have just kept them at home initially. And she said, the text says that she hid him as long as she could. Eventually that baby was going to be found out. He was getting bigger, stronger, louder, right? Um, and so uh, imagine what would have happened then. They might've taken him and killed him anyway. Uh, 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 even as, even after he was, you know, past three or four months old, who knows what could have happened, but she didn't do that. She trusted God. And so apparently uh, she used that time that she did have with her son to pour into him greatly about his rich heritage of faith in God. And so that training uh, apparently took deep root inside of Moses's heart and mind as evidenced by the life that he lived out before God. So God, you know, that's, 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 that's the first thing that God rewards her faith. Then number two, God, he uses her faith in the life of God's people. 
Moses is the one we know who's chosen to bring God's people out of Egypt. Um, God had mighty plans for Moses to lead his people. Uh, again, uh, this plan was made possible, though, because of Moses's mother, right? Because she was faithful uh, and she trusted God with her son's life. We can't, all, all the great things that he grew up and, and was able to accomplish for the kingdom of God, we can't forget the fact that he doesn't even get to do that if his mother hadn't trusted God first. Amen. That's the point that we're trying to make. Uh, and so, so now let's look at Moses, what he did with the faith of his mother. Um, starting in verse 24, uh, similar to his mother, by faith, Moses was able to make several notable uh, 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 and noble renunciations. Uh, though raised in the luxury of Egypt's palace and assured of all of the things that men strive for in life, uh, he learned that it is not the possession of things, but the forsaking of those things that often brings peace and rest and joy, right, to somebody's life. We know, we've seen it time and time again where somebody seems to have everything except for peace, right, except for real joy and happiness. They have all of the stuff, right, but they can't sleep at night. They can't, they, they, they can't just even be at home and just sit down and rest. They can't sit on the porch and just, you know, just relax. They just can't because they have so many other things that they're dealing with uh, uh, that, 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 that does not afford them to have that same peace. And somebody might not only have 55 cents in the bank, but they have peace, right? They have joy and happiness that, that these other people don't have. And so, uh, uh, so, that, so that's, a, that's a big thing to know. He, he had access to all of that stuff, right? He's being raised in the palace, he, he's likely even going to uh, ascend to the throne one day, but he, he decides, you know what, I don't care about any of all that stuff. Uh, so, he, he, so we're going to look in several different ways where he, he made these renunciations in his life. First of all, he refused Egypt's fame. He, re he refused Egypt's fame. He was the adopted son, again, of the Pharaoh's uh, daughter, and therefore he was assured a high place in the social elite. Right. Perhaps he was going to even be the successor of Pharaoh one day uh, as this child being raised in this in this palace. But he had also been born of God's chosen earthly people, the children of Israel. Right. And so from from this greater nobility, he could not step down to Egypt's royalty. Right. It, it seemed like it would have been a nice thing to ascend to. But in his mind, it actually would have been going down to another level. You say, I, I, I'm a child of, I'm, 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 I'm one of God's chosen people. Why would I try to aspire to that when, when I, I know that, I know about this rich heritage that my mother's been teaching me about. I, I'm, I'm from that uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob tribe. You know, I, I serve that God. And so why would I bow down to this? And so in his adult years, he made his choice known. He would not hide his true identity to win a few short years of earthly fame. And there were some results for that. Uh, uh, instead of occupying a line or two on some obscure tomb or monument, Moses is memorialized in God's holy book, right? He's, he's, he's in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of pharaohs and stuff that lived and, and kings and, and things of that sort and queens at the time. And you can, if you travel over to, you know, Egypt and different parts of the world, you can see, you can see like, you know, some type of memorialization to them on a tomb, uh, but, but he's memorializing the word of God forever. Uh, and so instead of being found in some museum or as a mummy, uh, he's not mummified. M Moses is famous as a man of God. 
And although I always like to say it like this, although God did the work, right? God did the actual work. Moses is known as the lawgiver. He's known as the great liberator of his people. That's the way he's remembered. Um, even though we know it was God that was actually the one doing the actual work behind the scenes and, uh, and bringing about their deliverance and liberation. But Moses was the God, the man that God used in those efforts. Number two, Moses repudiated the pleasures of Egypt. Uh, humble associations with uh, the sufferings of, God, of God's people meant more to him than the temporary uh, gratification of his own appetites. We've been talking about that word a lot lately, appetites. Amen. All of the different things that we as humans crave, even if they are bad for our system uh, naturally and spiritually, amen, we still want them anyway. Um, and again, he had that, if anything he wanted, he could have had it, right? And so, but, but, but the, the privileges of sharing ill treatment with his own people was greater pleasure to him than the indulgence in Pharaoh's court. Anything that the king and the king's people were afforded, he had access to, but he said, you know what? I'd rather suffer with God's people Right. As one of them, because that's who I that's my real heritage. Uh, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to identify with them. And so he did that um, from a young age. Uh, thirdly, uh, Moses turned his back on the treasures of Egypt. Amen. And so the faith passed down to him from his mother enabled him to see uh, that the fabulous houses and, and, and gold and all of that stuff of Egypt, they were worthless in the light of eternity. When we look at this, this stuff that's going to pass away versus eternal treasure. He's like, you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather get with this. I'd rather get with, with God's plan of eternity. And so he chose to suffer once again, the same type of criticism and mistreatment that Christ would endure in the future. That line, that verse kind of um, stood out to me when I was reading that. I'm going to try to go back and hopefully I don't lose my place, but let's um, see, where was that scripture in here? This is verse 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than that of the pleasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Amen. That's, that has to only be by faith, my friends, because Jesus hadn't come on the scene yet. Right. When Moses, when Moses is in the earth, Jesus is not here yet. Um, and so how could he how could he make this this move? Uh, 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 um, to, to suffer in the same ways as Jesus did. That, that's only by faith, right? They, they have been talking about and preparing for uh, the Messiah coming, uh, and they knew about all of the suffering that the Messiah would, you know, would, would, would go through. So he knew that story. He didn't know uh, who Jesus was specifically, but he knew uh, about the, um, the Messiah that was promised. And so he decided, you know what, uh, I'm going to hold on to that future. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to live for that future. I'm not going to live for all these uh, these things that are passing and temporary. See, Lord, for him, loyalty to God uh, and love for God's people were valued by Moses more than the combined wealth of Pharaoh. Um, he knew that these things, uh, that these intangible things, those were the things that he could count on after he died. Right. The things I can't see now, the things that I can't touch right now. That's what's going to matter when I leave this place. Amen. I can't, I ain't going to be able to reach for none of this stuff, right? When I check out of here, I know that they like to, to put that stuff in those tombs in, in the pyramids and stuff like that. They ain't using none of that stuff. 
the people been dead for 2,000, 3,000 years, that stuff's still sitting in there, right? And so unless somebody's going to take it and use it, you know, for something else, that he knew that stuff wasn't going to mean anything. Uh, and so after he left there, so therefore he said, guess what that means? It doesn't mean a whole lot now either, right? If I, if I can't count on it when I leave here, I don't really need to count on it so much uh, while I'm living either. I'm going to I'm going to focus on the things eternal. Additionally, in verse 27, he renounced Egypt's monarch emboldened by his inherited faith from his mother. Uh, he made his exit from the land of bondage. Right. And unconcerned about the potential wrath of the king. Uh, it was a clear break from the politics or the politics of the world at that time, he didn't care about that stuff. He was like, you know what? Uh, uh, once again, I'm putting my faith in God. Uh, I'm not worried about the king, the supposed king. My, you know, this is his grandfather, essentially, that's, um, you know, uh, adopted grandfather. He's like, I don't care about that stuff. You know, I'm going to focus more on God. I'm going to reverence God more than I respect this king, right? There's going to be a cost to be paid for for going against the king, the earthly king, right? No, no earthly king wants to be disobeyed, but she said, you know what? I reverence God so much. I don't care about disobeying you or your rules or, or your edicts and stuff like that. If, if, it, if it contradicts with what my God says, I'm gonna go with my God. And finally, Moses rejected Egypt's religion uh, by instituting the Passover uh, and sprinkling blood over the door. He emphatically separated himself from the Egyptian idolatry that was pleasant, present in that land at that time. He, he, he started something that we're still doing. We still ce celebrate uh, and recognize uh, uh, the Passover. Amen. And we celebrate for God, for, for God passing over and sparing the lives of those, those newborn uh, ch children at that time. For him, uh, salvation through the blood of the lamb not through the waters of the, it was not through the, um, the waters of the now, but it was through the blood of the lamb. Uh, that's where salvation comes from. And he acknowledged that as a believer, even then at that time. And so as a result of his lived out faith, the firstborn of Israel were spared while the firstborn males of Egypt were slain. You remember that, uh, even, even uh, Pharaoh's son, even he was slain during that time, amen? And so, but because Moses uh, uh, had faith enough in God to institute the Passover and tell those people, sprinkle some blood over your door, and, and God is saying that our children will be spared, they will be saved. This had never been done before, you know? This was a, this was a faith move. Um, but what I'm saying is that he had, from those conversations with his mother, that faith had been passed on to him to trust God and to do things God's way and to be open to the spirit moving uh, uh, upon you and, and, and talking to you and, and responding to that. And so what I wanna say to, to mothers, uh, whether you are, uh, are finished raising your children, right? Uh, if you still have some at home uh, or if you have grandchildren uh, or some other non-biological people uh, who are within your circle, uh, uh, this includes uh, even grown folks that you have influence over. I'm talking about those people. Uh, uh, be sure, mothers, to live out your faith out loud, right? What I mean there is, 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 is let them see you and hear you living out your faith before God. We, you know, we've talked about uh, uh, some of the things that we've all endured and, and, and overcome, and we, and we acknowledge that we didn't bring ourselves through that stuff. 
we acknowledge that it was only by the grace of God, right? That, that we made it through. It was only by the God's grace and mercy as the song just uh, finished singing to us that that's how you made it through. And so like, I know sometimes we get so far down the road and, and they just see how you're living now. You know, mom and daddy got a nice house. They paid off this and they, they travel, they do. They see that stuff now, but they don't know. Like I went home, I went home a few weeks ago, uh, last week, uh, and I got to talk to some of my aunts and uncles and some of their stories, like I didn't know like the first, I think my auntie said the first five or six years of their marriage, there was no furniture in the house. Like we didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know, say I wasn't there, but you know, like, like, cause now they have this nice home and everything's decorated and this is put in this place and that, but they was like, you know what? We struggled, but we saved money and we tithed and we were faithful to God and God's word. And so when people would come over and visit, they was, oh, where's your furniture? Said, God hasn't, we haven't, God hasn't moved us yet to buy any furniture. We don't feel like we have to, they, we're not going to, cause sometimes people do that. They move too fast. I want to buy all this stuff and, or use Rent-A-Center and all this and all this stuff. And they going too fast. And so they, they were able to just slow down and, and, and over time, God has blessed them so much. Um, but what I'm saying is tell those stories because some of that stuff that you lived through and God uh, brought you through and over, we don't know about because we weren't born yet. And, we, and so we just see all the good stuff and, and we enjoy the benefits of the good stuff. But, you know, and so we, I'm not saying you got to go all, you know, some people are more private. I understand that. But you got to tell them how you made it over. Like you, you got to tell them that it was God's grace. It was God's, it was my faith in God. I made certain decisions that seemed unpopular at the time or didn't seem even wise at the time. I made that decision because I was led by my faith in God. I knew God's voice was talking to me to do this or not to do that. Right. You know, I, 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 I also heard stories about broken engagements, right. You know, somebody, they was engaged to this person. And God spoke to them at the last minute and said, don't you do it. And they listened and they didn't because they listened, their life was blessed. Tell them those, tell them those stories. Because those are the things that are going to help them because they're going to be tested in life just the same way as you were tested, right? And if they don't have anything to draw from, they're going to be lost. And so that's what I'm making the case today that we don't have Moses, the great liberator. We don't have Moses, the lawgiver. We don't have Moses, who's just somebody who got to see God's glory uh, and, and, to, and, to, and to help lead the people out of bondage. We don't have him if we don't have his mother's story. And I know we don't talk about her a lot, but I'm, that's what I'm elevating her today and say she's worth talking about. She's worth remembering. Uh, and, and so are some of the strong women in your life or some of the strong women that are here today that in the stories that you've lived through tell those stories. And so, uh, and, but this, this, this next question applies to everybody, um, not just the women, not just the mothers or the motherly, as I like to say, because not everybody that's, um, everybody that's a mama is not a mother, right? I know some people that they, they've never had biological children, but they're some of the greatest mothers, uh, mamas that we've ever had, amen, on the earth. And so we thank God for them too. Um, but this applies to everyone. Who or what is it in your life that you need to place in a basket and put in the river, right? In other words, who are those people? What are those situations that you need to trust God with more than you have before? You've been trying to control it. You've been trying to hide it and deal with it in private. Uh, um, 
but but who are those people? What are those situations that you've been, uh, 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 you know, staying up late at night worrying about, right? Uh, what are those what, what are those things that you need to, to to put into this basket and take your hands off of it, right? And so th this mother uh, did not only this mother in the text today, she did not try to hold on to her son. She did not try to control the events of his life. Um, she had placed her complete trust in God to work out the details for good in her life and the life of God's people. And so that's what we want to do the same thing. We talked about that scripture earlier in Sunday school, uh, 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 you know, how things will work out for the good of them, right, who love God and called according to his purposes. So we have to, if we really believe those things that we profess, then we got to do something. And so that's something I'm saying is, as, as mothers, and you and you can tell this better than me, there's times in your lives, in the lives of your children, you just had to take your hands off the situation. You know what I'm saying? I can't control these decisions that they're making. I can't control this, that, and the other. I've done all that I could do. And I've lived my faith out loud before them. And so I can trust that now, that that will come back to them at the right time and that they will be able to, to live a life before God that is pleasing to God even more than it's pleasing to me. Right. And let that be pleasing to me that they're living, that they're living their lives uh, for God, uh, by God, with God. Amen. Thank God for God's word. And maybe uh, someone's watching or listening or here with us today um, in the building and you don't know the Lord Jesus for your own personal uh, Lord and Savior. And so we often talk about that um, when we talk about that ark, when we talk about that basket um, that represents salvation. That's what that ark with his mother when she placed him in that basket, and when you read that in your scripture, that is a, make sure I'm sharing my screen, hold on. That is a representation or a, 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 a salvation, right? We know that ultimately Jesus is our ark. He's our, he's our real basket, amen? And, and so that's where we really get our salvation from. Um, but, but So if you haven't um, accepted the Lord Jesus, you haven't been placed in that basket, that ark of safety, salvation and we want to give you a chance today uh, to respond to the message and and what better way you know i'm sure that um moses's mother you know we talk about honor your mother and father what what better way to honor your mother uh, uh if you don't know the lord jesus and, she, and she's led and she's lived a lot uh, before you or your grandmother uh, uh, uh before you about jesus than to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That would be that would be a great way to honor the mother. I think we can say that uh, Moses honored his mother um, by all the things he did by faith that he that that she that she passed down to him. Okay, I think we just got to see All right, and so as we often say uh, here at Henderson Chapel Emmy Church, discipleship is about being one and making one. So. Uh, we want to give you a chance to pray this prayer of, sal uh, prayer of salvation with us at this time. And it's on your screen that simply says, Lord Jesus, for far too long I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner, and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. 
Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior forever and ever. Amen, amen. And I, I always say, and I never plan on this, but when you read this prayer and go back and listen to the sermon, they always speak to each other, right? So I see, I see it even now uh, uh, looking here. I, I cannot save myself, you know? Like I said, Moses, Moses, any more than Moses the baby could save himself. I couldn't save myself, right, from my sins and from my situation, from, from what was going on around me, all right? And so then by faith, right, I, I receive your gift, amen? We, 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 we have to receive Jesus by faith, amen? And so I see it right there. Um, and so if you prayed that prayer and you believe it, once again, by faith, that's how we live our lives, right? We walk by what? By faith. Amen. So that's 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 what the life of a believer is like. That's what we're all about is we're about faith. We, 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 move, we move by faith. We live by faith. We act by faith. Amen. And so um, if you just accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, um, you may be wondering, what do I do next? What's, what's next for me? Uh, we already said, um, don't expect things to get super easy um but the good news is you have an advocate now the good news is you have a mediator you have some help amen you're not in this thing by yourself anymore and we said in sunday school when you're living for the devil he doesn't really bother you because he already got you he has no reason to bother you or to mess with you when you you when you live at his house and sleep in his bed and, and eat at his table he, he has no reason to bother you but as soon as you decide to make a decision for jesus uh, he's going to start poking at you, messing with you, trying to get you to come back and walk with him. Amen. And so uh, so we don't want that to happen to you. We, we anticipate it. We prepare for it uh, uh, by being intentional about being a community of believers together who are also living by faith. And so if that's you today, um, you're, maybe you're watching online and, or anywhere in the world and you just uh, made a decision for Jesus, we want to hear from you. If you know somebody at our church and you see them out and about in the community, let them know. If you have their um, information, you can text them. But you can also text us at the church or inboxes on email, or you can write it to us on Facebook. Um, and just let us know uh, because we want to partner with you. We want to walk with you uh, by faith, and we want to partner with you and pray with you and talk to you and encourage you um, because we know that you're going to need that. And I always say, guess what? We need it too. Okay? And so... Uh, some some sometimes you get encouragement and, and, and encouragement and inspiration uh, from somebody that just got saved, right? Because they're on fire for Jesus, and they and they and they might you might have been walking with the Lord 20, 30 years, but you get down sometimes too. You you might you need somebody to speak to you and encourage your heart as well. And so uh, we're we're all uh, practicing by faith, Amen. We're all professing by faith, and so. Uh, that means that none of us are experts. None of us have it. None of us have it all together, right? None of us are, are perfect. We're all works in progress, um, and so because of that, and we have that humble attitude about ourselves. Uh, we want you to pray with us and for us as well. Amen. And mothers, remember: even if you didn't pass down your good eyes or hair or your cooking gene, if your cooking gene didn't get passed down, that's fine. Pass on your faith. Amen. That's what's going to sustain them forever, now and eternity. Okay. Amen. Thank God for you.
The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support and stay blessed.